fam, thanks for checking this little recording out. If you're listening to this, it means you must have attended a talk, workshop, or even a class of mine that I recorded, and you want to get the nitty gritty. That's great. Excellent. If you're just being snoopy and you're trying to figure things out, it's all good. My name's Dan White Hodge. I'm an educator, and you're about to learn something today. Thanks again for following up, and I truly hope this adds an enrichment to you and your work. As always, hit me up if you got them questions at whitehodge.com and check out my podcast while you're at it, Profane Faith. I'll talk with you later. Peace. Hey, good people. What's the word? What's going on? Um, Welcome to another episode of Don't Learn Today. This is a ongoing podcast with no necessarily built in schedule. As some of you who follow this podcast know, um, it is more of a space and place for teachings and uh, lectures and and really just a, a a place to engage more with some of the areas that uh, I teach on and or some of the folks that I engage with as well. Um, and some of the material that I've put out it really is kind of the, the public scholarly space that I hold uh, as a professor. Uh, so in case people are like, well, you know, I can't afford that particular book because we all know academic books are ridiculously expensive. Um, you know, you can come here and still gain some of that material uh, for free uh, because this is a free podcast. So uh, today I wanted to actually have a conversation around some questions that a brother by the name of Daniel Schaefer Decker. I know I'm butchering that last name. I apologize, brother Daniel. Um, he sent me some questions in regards to an article he's writing on. Um, it's a he's a freelance journalist uh, from Berlin. Uh, writing several, um, he's writing for several German newspapers and magazines. Um, and um, he, uh, uh, thanks to my good colleague and friend, Dr. Ebony Utley, uh, who referred me to him. Um, and he has an article coming up on Christian rap. And uh, he wanted to speak to somebody in regards to that. And so these uh, these are a set of questions that I decided, hey, you know what? Let me record these just because my schedule was crazy and I hadn't had a chance to really sit down and, and, and you know, just talk with him in general. But um, let me record these because these are good questions. And I think it's a good reflection of of some of the work that I've been doing and it's just some of the material uh, that I've been working on in regards to hip hop and religion. So that's where these come from. So I'll state the question and we can just all engage with that, right? All right, here we go. Um, so the first question is when and why did you start to deal with hip hop and religion? Um, I, you know, I, I trace this back to uh, probably um, the early 2000s. Um, when I was starting grad school, I started to re-examine um, hip hop and re-engage with it uh, in regards to how spirituality was coming from it and in you know particularly artists uh were were looking you know at aspects of spirituality i think you know coming from my own fundamentalist roots i was definitely a you know god against culture um and you know at that point in time uh, you know i was was able to really ask some broader questions i i, I really do credit uh, my friend and mentor dr craig detweiler I took a class of his in uh, film and theology or film theology and culture. And that really helped open up my mind to the broader connection of what hip hop 
it, well, what hip hop's connection was to religion and spirituality. Um, that helped me make, you know, connect some of those bridges. And I started looking deeper at artists like Tupac, Amar al-Shakur, which would, you know, he would be the kind of the whole focus of my dissertation in the coming years. Um, and uh, I was able to really begin to just see the broader aspects that I wasn't able to see well, when I was solely just a youth pastor or youth worker in a very fundamentalist and rigid, theologically rigid uh, environment that saw everything that hip hop really did as a bad thing and even had questions in regards to quote unquote holy hip hop. Um, so that's really, uh, you know, when I got started with that really in grad school and then started writing about it. Um, in the, in the academic sense around 2005 with some articles uh, in regards to, you know, connections to youth workers and, and, and whatnot. I think uh, it first appeared in the Journal for Youth Ministry Studies uh, back in 2005, uh, which that, of course, led to the publication of my book, The Soul of Hip Hop, uh, in 2010, and which also fed into my dissertation, which eventually turned into my fir very first book, um, Heaven Has a Ghetto, which looks at Tupac Amaro Shakur. Um, the next question says people with a superficial view on rap would not necessarily bring hip hop and Christian beliefs slash values together. But is there a strong connection point between uh, the, the two? And absolutely, absolutely. There's, you know, there's some central theological motifs that uh, connect uh, in hip hop culture. One of those, of course, is the theology of the profane. Um, you know, how do we look at life from the sacred, secular and profane? It's very easy to look at the and I've talked about this in numerous places. Right. It's very easy to look at the 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 sacred. That's an easy spot for most people who are engaged with any type of religious environment. Right. To look at is deep sacred <laughs> but how do we look at aspects of the profane and when i say the profane it's it's the sociological definition of that right, if you will the durkheim definition of that of you know the everyday the commonplace but it's also those aspects of life that we don't necessarily want to look at right how do we look at how sex trafficking has grown over the last decade right that's something that we have to investigate how do we you know hold that the conversation on human sexuality, sexual orientation, right, uh, is easily a century behind the conversation we're at in race and ethnicity, right? These are just some of the areas, right, and how we look at, you know, a specific area. But I think the profane really does engage with that. How do we look at, quote unquote, swear words? Um, so that's part of that theology that I think hip hop does well. It holds intention some of these components of particularly Christian spirituality uh, that go much deeper and much more complex. And unfortunately, most of those folks who subscribe to a Christian faith, and when I say most, let me put a number to that. I would say, you know, the majority of Christian evangelicals, which if you look at Christianity, you know, when people think of Christianity, they think of evangelicalism, right? Where you, right, you center uh, Christ's gospel, you center really the, you know, the, salvation of people really and, and and that's cool i'm no evangelical so i don't necessarily center that um but i also look at the the components of how what was the life of christ how did christ live if we're going to call ourselves christian hip-hop wrestles with that um and so hip-hop um then begins to and when i said about the number i would say easily we need anywhere between 60 and 70 percent of individuals who attend school and i'm pulling this data from prri the american religious identification survey um all of those research pew research also does some amazing work on this all of those connect to 
people who see religion very simplistically. They don't push beyond the complexity borders of their religious beliefs and mantras, right? They really do see and understand religion as a binary term, uh, as something, if you do this, you'll get that. Uh, look at some of the self-help books, right? Like you do this, you do that, but that doesn't always work out. And that's where hip hop theology really begins to fill in the cracks. It really is the theological cock, if you will, um, that can really begin to fill in some of those gaps, not answer questions. Okay. Let's be clear, not give you the direction, the answer. I mean, I think that's one of the big things that Tupac and people like DMX, right? We recently lost DMX. Uh, unfortunately, you know, that talk about like, look, don't follow me. I'm not the savior. Right. But here are some things to think about. Here are some aspects and connections to consider um, as we're looking at theology and God. Um, that leads into the next question, says you wrote a book uh, with titles, you know, hip hop's hostile gospel. In what way is it hostile? I think when we begin to take off the white gaze and the American gaze of how we engage theologically, it's very hostile. Right. People don't want to see a Jesus that was pissed off. People don't want to see a Jesus that, you know, talked in words and language that would equivalent would be equivalent to the F word today, right? And how he spoke. You have to remember Jesus was a profane character, uh, a very secular entity, uh, if you will, uh, for most of the religious people of that time. Um, and countless people have, have mentioned that, you know, if Jesus were to show up today, uh, he would definitely be on the outs. He would definitely be someone who was not seen. So think about that person. <laughs> this is the person that we follow that we, you know, if we call ourselves Christians, these are the, this is the person that we, that we admire an outlaw, a, a person who was really scandalous. So yes, that's hostile. That's the gospel that I'm looking at. And I'm trying to make connections with, uh, when I, when I wrote that book. Um, which leads to the next question, which rappers have been the first to dealt lyrically with uh, proven Christian content? That's a difficult question to, to ask. I think the wording in that is a little off um, with proven Christian content. I think, you know, who gets to prove and who gets to stamp right Christianity? I think that's, you know, that's a colonial mindset in regards to how that uh, uh, gets processed. I think Again, I'll go to my dissertation work and my own research that I've spent, you know, looking at over the last 15 years. And, you know, Tupac, Tupac Amaro Shakur really emboldens the 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 sacred, secular and profane. That is also DMX. DMX is that he's holding intention. How do we hold human sexuality? How do we hold uh, drugs? How do we hold uh, cheating? How do we hold lying? How do we hold anger? All intention with the sacred. Right. Um, and that's part of what I look for. Now I have a methodology, um, you know, with that, I use ethnomusicology, which was developed by, uh, then his name was John Michael Spencer, um, Dr. John Michael Spencer back in the eighties, uh, which really takes into treatment of the cultural musicology, uh, and essence of people. It looks at how the secular is defined by a culture, by a group. Um, it also examines how that particular culture defines the profane. Uh, and if you apply those elements along with qualitative and quantitative uh, research, you begin to see a better view of what hip hop 
and hip hoppers in the cultural continuum are trying to talk about uh, because hip hop goes beyond just the artists. This is where, you know, again, a, a question like, you know, proven Christian content, you didn't have to go and ask the people who are actually consuming this material. And that's where theomusicology really becomes alive is really the engagement of that content by the people. That's the majority, right, of where that that where a lot of my own research and and and, and material comes from is the people that I interviewed uh, and also the survey data that I pulled from uh, and several sociological um, uh, studies. Um, this kind of connects to the next question, right? Did the portion of rappers with Christian content rise over the years? I think it's always been there. I think it's, it's you know, hip hop, if you trace it all the way back to fifth and sixth century Africa, central and Western Africa, um, you will see a connection to the theos, the, the, the deities. Um, you will see the elements of hip hop, which are far beyond just the four elements, right? I talk about 10 full elements in my book, The Soul of Hip Hop. And one of those, of course, is spirituality. Another one is knowledge, right? Um, these aspects and elements are very important and and are also elements that, you know, gave rise to hip hop where miss most scholars say you know between 1971 and 1972 is what we see now in the kind of the popular form of hip hop but hip hop is rooted in african american spirituality the blues jazz african american gospel music right you can take this again all the way back to dances in the caribbean uh when you think about cumbia when you think about um uh reggaeton you know these are elements of hip hop that have to be looked at and have to be engaged with that also connect to a spirituality um again these are people who are engaging with this uh yes there are artists yes they're important but the people right are ultimately how they define that spirituality for themselves is ultimately what the musicology is after and also what i'm after um in my own research as well so yeah it's always been there of course kendrick lamar um uh, you know early kanye not even kanye now but early kanye um was about this and you know connected to this um so you know you can look at elements of that you can look at you know uh, uh components of that and 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 say uh yes there's a spirituality but it's always been there it just gets ignored because there's a couple of f-bombs or there's a couple of other words in there that most christians don't understand the complexity of that language again jesus himself used foul language right if we study that and look at john 6 for example jesus is cursing all kind of folks out pissing them off left and right because of the language that he uses so again we're following an outlaw hip-hop and this is what ebony utley talks about dr ebony utley talks about it um in her work as well and talks about how jesus is the gangster's god right jesus is the is is an understanding of right of the outlaw which is really where hip-hop's hip-hoppers situate themselves um so is rap music a suitable tool to spread the Christian faith? Um, which is, you know, really leads into this next question. These kind of these three questions really right, you know, you know, what which rappers have, you know, been the first to dealt lyrically. Again, you gotta go and look into the depth of where hip hop is. You can even look at the Sugar Hill gang. Uh, and 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 what that song meant, right? Uh, and what that meant for people to come out of oppression. Somebody put it real simply. They said, "You want to understand hip hop? Understand what it means for somebody to build a highway through your neighborhood." Okay, 
Think about gentrification. Think about right what those things mean. Hip hop has always been on the margins. And I get that that holds in contention to where we're at now because now hip hop is part of the mainstream. That's a whole nother conversation right there. That's that's uh, you can think about commercialization of hip hop, but true hip hoppers are on the outskirts. When I did some of my research out in Paris, I was very privileged to uh, to, to, to be able to take a trip out there. Um, it was paid for. That's always nice, right? Um, and I don't speak a, speak a lick of French. However, we were able to communicate through right the theos of nwa the theos of tupac amaro shakur the theos of dmx the theos of lauren hill right the elements of spirituality that the ancestors are speaking through in that music and in that element far surpasses american evangelicalism in the simplicity that uh, evangelicalism has made the christian faith into hip-hop says we're going to take it much more further so is it is it a tool to spread the god the christian faith the gospel i don't know because if we're still on that i wouldn't look at hip-hop as a tool i would look at it as an element of christian faith i think when we look at things as tools they're just that i can set a tool down like before i got into the academy i was a carpenter right i was a licensed contractor so i built homes so i use tools for just that but when i was done with the job i could put the tool down right but my essence of what i did as a carpenter what i did as a a contractor extended far beyond that that's hip-hop if all churches or organizations are trying to use hip-hop for is a tool you're doing it wrong and this culture this generation they, they gonna sniff you out they gonna see you they gonna engage with you. they ain't gonna look you through you know, look at you and be like bruh we done with that <laughs> we done with that we don't we ain't even go we ain't even gonna engage with you um because that kind of you know this this asks us the question you know if, and if so why is hip-hop suitable to spread the christian belief hip-hop is rooted in the abrahamic faith okay let's just be clear on that i think um you know so when we think about the abrahamic faith of which i have made peace with jewish traditions islamic traditions christian traditions judeo-christian you know uh, you know those connections those overlaps i don't see any one of those religions as being all right or all wrong right there's a nuance as we think about you know this belief so yeah it is 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 hip-hop looked at as is, is is spreading of course think about how many folks still connect with tupac amaro shakur this brother's been dead since 96 and you talk to any true hip-hop head they gonna mention hip they gonna mention uh tupac biggie biggie only put out a handful of albums one of the greatest known rappers of all time nas right think about that and just the 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 imprint that dmx left if you listen to his music and you engage with it right from an open mind and also an element of understanding what hip-hop culture means the 10 elements of hip-hop right looking at and studying it from seven cultural focuses social focus geographic focus food ways um language focus religious and spiritual focus business focus we can't overlook a business element of of hip-hop right and then ultimately worldview those are all methodological tools of which i use and implement in understanding what hip-hop is trying to say so is you know this kind of connects to the even the next question who are the most important rappers who seem to have a missionary mission 
I think we got to begin to look at hip hop as a whole and again, not just a tour. It, it kind of irks me when folks ask, and not that Brother Daniel is asking this question, but this is a question that I get a lot, right? It's like, can we use hip hop? You've already misunderstood it. You don't get it. And you don't understand the elements of what hip hop is about because you've missed it. All you see it as is a tool. And there is a superiority factor that Christianity is somehow over other cultures. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it is one of a lot of different dialects within the Abrahamic traditions to better understand who the divinity is and how we see God manifest God's self in our own lives. That is part of what hip hop is trying to do. Listen to Lauren Hill. Listen to Kendrick Lamar's Section 80 album, right? Even listen to aspects and elements of Lil' Kim, right? Uh, who is trying to work through an, a component that is very foreign to most Christians here in the West, and that is human sexuality. Right. And I think that's part of what Cardi B um, uh, and, 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 and folks like that who are trying to push through. You think about even too short. Right. Very right. And now don't get me wrong. There are aspects and components of hyper masculinity within that chauvinistic, misogynistic ways. And we have to exploit those and we uh, to the fullest extent and, and better understand those of what they mean uh, to our fam, especially our LGBTQ, LGBTQ fam that is adversely affected uh, by that. I think about uh, the shoe um, that Lil Nas X uh, put out there, you know, and people were having a, 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 a field day on that. See, he's just got the Satan. First of all, that was a marketing event. Okay. Let's understand that folks are, are selling records and they are, there's, I've worked in Hollywood. There is no such thing really as bad press. Um, yeah, I mean, one could argue like, well, what about Harvey Weinstein? Yeah, absolutely. We ain't talking about folk, you know, him, you know, sexually assaulting people. Part of the reason that folks, you know, had such a problem, because guess what? Snoop Dogg, um, Bone Thugs and Harmony, of which I worked on their album, E1995 Eternal. Um, uh, you know, all of them are dealing with aspects and components that are foreign. When we start to throw in components of the devil, human sacrifice, right? We forget that those are elements that are also found in the Old Testament. Okay, human sacrifice. We forget about Abraham himself, right? Can you imagine me and Abraham's son being like, what the hell's going on here? Um, all of those are components, right, that fit into this as well. Uh, but Lil Nas X, right? People have a problem because he's gay. He's an openly gay rapper. And so, of course, that's going to be highlighted. Of course, that's going to be engaged with. Um, it, it, so for me, it's, it's about looking at the broader context. He has human blood in the shoe. I mean, he's selling shoes. And of course, Nike goes, you know, uh, uh, um, tell him, but listen to what Lil Nas X is trying to go after. What is he trying to critique within culture? We miss that. And people hop on the bandwagon of trying to, you know, to condemn him. Um, but the reality of it is, is that, um, you know, and this is the you know, same thing with Meg Thee Stallion, right? It's like, it's easy to critique women in hip hop and look at them as only sexual objects without really looking at what they're after, right? Uh, so for me, are we looking at, you know, rappers that, you know, have a missionary vision? A lot of rappers have a missionary vision. Vision. Tupac himself called himself a in an interview um, uh, with Ed, uh, I believe saying Ed Gordon, used to be on BET, said he said, I am doing God's work. He saw himself as a missionary presence uh, in the hip hop community. Um, 
and you know and, and engaging with that uh we have to begin to go and look beyond just what a lyric uh, is saying again it's complex and not to say that there aren't rappers out there that's all they talk about we have to look some of these contemporary rappers are just trying to sell records they are just trying to make money and we have to remember hip-hop is no longer commercial hip-hop is no longer controlled by us people of color people from the margins white cis hetero men run the music industry right and most of those big major record labels don't want to have a strong critique and this is historical this was all that happened after biggie's death between 97 and 2000 2001 the industry bought out so to look at somebody like a jay-z and say oh my gosh look at jay-z he owns his masters and all that stuff that is rare david banner himself right you know in 2005 after hurricane katrina was like look um I need, I, I need to stop talking about booty and ass and actually start talking about something relevant and something substantive. I'm actually going to be start doing that and I'm actually going to start, my record proceeds are going to go to these communities. Record company caught a hold of that and was just like, look, you need to start, you know, talk, getting back to talking about the booties and the hoes. Now he had to wait. He's doing amazing stuff now, but he had to wait till he was out of those contracts. And a lot of these young rappers are locked into contracts and talking about nothing but really just is what i like to call fast food rap it'll fill you up but guys dogs you keep a diet of that you're gonna be sick um so of course not every rapper is espousing god and espousing that but i think we have to begin to look at you know decentering you know what evangelicalism is created right it's the only way to propose you know to to propagate a christian faith is to save somebody I look at salvation and, and that whole process is 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 almost a footnote. And I know that gets under some people's skin because we've been taught to only see Christianity as a a faith that is right missionary. You have entire um, you know, mission groups. But I called for, you know, this in my book, Homeland Insecurity. Uh, you know, we should we need to halt all these short-term missions. Anyone who has short-term in their <laughs> in their mission statements needs to just stop what the hell they're doing right now. Um, so this is, this is, this is something much broader that I think that we have to have a discussion on. Um, you know, uh, you know, this kind of leads into these next uh, few questions here. This does the subgenre Christian rap really exist or are there just a few rappers with appropriate content? What is your opinion of rapper NF? I'm not sure about who rapper NF is, is his success a result of his Christian content or are there other reasons? I'm not sure who NF is. He does go on to ask, what are the most interesting other uh, other Christian rappers? What's your opinion on rappers like Lecrae and Wandy? All right, so let me get to this here. Uh, this is big. I've never been a fan of Christian rap or holy rap as, as you know, as folks have, you know, cr created a you know, subgenre of Christian music, right? Um, Tupac is Christian rap, <laughs> okay? DMX is holy hip hop. Um, and so much of the, my critique of particularly Christian rap and so much of those rappers is that, you know, they have fallen prey to white, white colonialized evangelicalism. Um, when you think about it, it's, it, you know, it's very reformed, very white, very fundamental in their approach. And they're trying to answer the problem oftentimes with Christian art is that they answer meta theological questions that we have to hold intention <laughs> and we have to wrestle with 
And it's answered in a way that it's singularized and meaning that there's only one way to be, that it should be answered and there's only one way to get things done. I got a problem with that because that usually ri resides back when with whiteness and white supremacy. Um, and, um, and, and even if it is somebody like Lecrae uh, saying that, Lecrae has my utmost respect to his, lyric, his, his, his lyricism. Brother is talented. Where I have a strong critique of Lecrae is one uh, is is his connection to to whiteness and his and his inability to challenge whiteness. Now Lecrae is also and Wandy and other rappers like this, right? They're caught between a rock and a hard spot because the most folks who consume their stuff are white conservative evangelicals, right? And a lot of the white conservative evangelicals like to say, "Hey, I got a black friend. Look, I listen to Lecrae." <laughs> Right. And he's tried to call some of that stuff out, but he's also gotten a big whiplash from that. Um, you know, and it, it, again, the fundamental stuff is like you are still rapping about some of the same basic elements. It's like, OK, we know you love God. We know you've been saved. What else? How do you speak to some of the aspects of, for example, police brutality and police terrorism in our black communities? How do you speak to that? Where does God show up for that? How do you how do you speak to the fact that we in churches will sit and say, oh, pray to God and God will go protect you? I'm pretty sure George Floyd said the same thing. Prayed the same prayer, but he's dead. How do you hold that intention? Put that in your music, right? How do you engage with human sexuality? Are you just going to say they're all sinners? Nah, man, forget that. And that's part of my bigger problem with Christian and holy hip hop. I'm not a fan. Uh, it kind of repeats a lot of the same messages. Um, and it's really like diet, <laughs> diet soda uh, for a lot of Christians who are trying to wrestle through their connection with quote unquote the world or the secular environment. Um, so no, I don't, I don't necessarily see them as they sell records, of course, and of course they are, uh, you know, an element of the hip hop cultural continuum. Um, but I don't necessarily see them as a when I talk to people who are really dealing with stuff, they don't bring these type of rappers up. They're, they're the aforementioned that I, of rappers that I connect with, that they connect with, that people from the community connect with. The Tupacs, the Lauren Hills, the DMXs, the uh, the Kendricks, right? Those are the ones that people connect with. Lecrae will come up every now and then only because of his popularity, right? He's really got it. Lecrae has really done a masterful job of, of, of nuancing a space for himself uh, between, you know, somewhere between the Grammys and, and church, right? Um, but, you know, he is not someone that comes up very much in the research as somebody who says like, wow, this person was really holding it together. And that's not necessarily a critique on him as a person, but the content that he's putting out. Um, in fact, uh, for those of you who don't know, or just maybe listening to this, you know, I actually went in on Lecrae last summer, uh, cause he was sitting on a panel with white men who were talking about, let's not talk about white privilege. Let's talk about white blessings. Uh, and then he like, didn't really say anything. And as a result of that, I was banned of Twitter, right? A good personal friend of mine, Dr. Shinigo Walker Barnes put together this amazing thread on Twitter. And at the end of that, I was just like, man, amen. And tell that Negro to read my book too. And I put a link to my book that was cited. That tweet was cited as hate speech. Why? Because of the platform that Lecrae has developed, a bunch of his followers, right? Went and cited anybody who disagreed with, with, with Lecrae or, or critiqued him uh, was cited as hate speech. 
And because of the way the algorithms are developed, right? Um, I'm out. So yeah, there's some there's some piss still remaining from that. But more importantly, it's 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 also in in reality uh, that these things keep coming up with you know people like Lecrae. Lecrae was also cited you know earlier uh, in the year uh, in, in a video about you know him making fun of Asian American Pacific Islander communities. Right? They were I think there was a video of him trying sushi and like him spitting it out and making fun of that stuff. These things keep coming up. So I'm just like again, it leads me back to. We have all these things to say about race in certain regards, particularly in POC-centered communities. But then when it comes to human sexuality and broader other things and injustice and calling, you know, systems of power to, to um, you know, if you want to use an evangelical term, repent, it's very, very, very few of that. Uh, and that's not to say Lecrae hasn't said critiques on white supremacy, but it's very light. It's, it's, it's like I like to say, it's a pre-2016 critique, <laughs> right? And what I mean by that is, you know, here in the States, you know, prior to 2016, I think a lot of us who did work on intercultural communication and race were still trying to mend bridges within white America. But then that number came back and we saw that those white folks who we spent all this time and energy with, 81% of them voted for a known racist, a known bigot, a known sexist in the 2016 election, and then followed with that in the 2020 election. I ain't got time to be nice and I'm not trying to build no inroads. I'm done with that. Again, hip hop has spoken to that, <laughs> right? And I don't see no holy hip hoppers or Christian rappers actually really engaging with that. They're still talking the same thing. Let's get saved. Let's go out and, and, and you know, here's how I got saved and you better repent or you're going to go to hell. Come on, man. We're done. We're done with that. Um, again, for reference, I talk about this in my what, 2017 book, Hip Hop's Hostile Gospel, and I'll talk a little bit about it um, in my in the solo hip hop. Well, solo hip hop, hip hop's hostile gospel, and on homeland and security. Um, if you want, you know, to express, you know, expand on that a little bit more. Um, all right, last two questions here. Do you know rappers who try to push uh, other religions in their lyrics? Absolutely. I mean, you think about somebody like Most Def. Yasmin Bey, right? You know, he talks about the nation of Islam. He talks about Islamic traditions, which I think is a much more contextual, has much more of an element of non-colonized theology within it than Christianity does. Um, most, and that's my other problem with Christian and holy hip hop is that they're coming from a very colonized, very evangelical, very conservative, and very white supremacist perspective rather than the nation of islam which uh is is a u.s version of the muslim faith really connects to some of these other areas much better than a lot of christian and holy hip hoppers um and it, it, i will say that you know the nation of islam and islam in general um you know five percenters of gods and earth that's a very prevalent religious rastafarianism very prevalent prevalent religion within hip-hop community um, and, and it's there oftentimes in the shadows. Uh, of course you have, uh, the Hebrew Israelites, black Hebrew Israelites as well. Kendrick kind of talked about that in a couple of albums as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely the five percenters is definitely there and, and nation of Islam. That is real big, especially if you listen to, uh, hip hop in the early nineties in the, in the golden era, which a lot of scholars argues between like 85 and 97, 98, um, a lot of cats, X-Clan, EPMD, uh, you know, Rakim, Eric B and Rakim, and they were Muslim, right? They still are to this day. So, of course, that's going to come across in their music, right? 
um, Black Moon, you know, artists like that, they're going to be connecting with that with those components and aspects. Um, and again, for somebody like myself, I don't see a discrepancy or, or, or a major tension between Islam aspects of Christianity. I look for the contextual elements. Personally, in my own journey, I'm trying to look for where are the Afrocentric elements of Christianity, right? Where are they showing up in hip hop? And where are they showing up in my own theological quest? That means putting down the Karl Barth. That means putting down the Calvins. That means putting down those theologians, right? Who have had such a loud voice and then beginning to research and look at the elements of what our African uh, ancestors have written about. And that is a task worth living for. It's also a difficult task because there's not a lot of work that's out there. So you really have to dig uh, when you find this material because white folks have essentially commandeered Christianity as their own, which I don't blame other people leaving Christianity for Rastafarianism, Nation of Islam, Five Percenters, because that's a much more contextual element. The God in those, those religions looks like them, right? It's one of the reasons why I went to the five percenters and, and Nation of Islam back in the 90s, because it's like I saw a God that looked like me. And that's what the outlaws and Tupac were after. Right. in in black Jesus. Right. We want a God that looks like us, talks like us, smokes like us. Right. For most people, that is a condemnation, a, the 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 very act of heresy, a, a, a heretic act worthy of the auto da fe in the Spanish Inquisition. But within that profanity and within that is a deeper search for spirituality a deeper search for a god who came down from above and connected with those on the margins that for me is part of the gospel message and is embedded into hip-hop theology last question here do different beliefs are responsible for many wars and suffering in the world does hip-hop have the potential to act as an intermediary absolutely that's the argument that i made in, in the last two books that i put out right you know, it's is hip hop is it is the ability if Christianity is going to survive, let me put it to you like this. If Christianity is going to survive here in the 21st century, it's going to need hip hop straight up. It's going to need hip hop. And I outlined this beautifully in my Homeland Insecurity book and also in the, uh, the follow up uh, to my Tupac book, uh, Baptized in Dirty Water, which just came out, I think, last year. Um, yeah. We're, yeah. You, we're going we're gonna to need we're going to need hip hop. Hip hop has the ability to hold doubt, ambiguity, questions, right? Sin to use, you know, again, another you know, tried and true word of the Christian era, all those things in a good balance. I think we have to head into the ambiguity of who God is, because the reality of it is, is we don't know who God is, <laughs> right? And it's easy to get caught up in answers. We're seeking answers. We're in the middle of a pandemic. People want answers. They want, right, this assurance that we are going to be. Nah, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, we are going to need hip hop and we need to live in that doubt. Doubt and ambiguity is part of spiritual and faith development. You can't grow without it. Part of the reason that 60 plus percent of people remain in a very simplistic view of theology is because they want those answers. They want to go back into some kind of assurance. God says, step into right my reality, which is not assured. Woo! I don't know if we want to want to engage with that. <laughs> so absolutely, if hip hop is going to be, uh, if, if, if you were, if, if Christianity, excuse me, is going to grow, then hip hop has to be a part of it. 
All right, so that ends the questions. Hopefully, brother Daniel, this fulfills your, uh, you know, your uh, uh, interview or your um, your article quota. Uh, and for those listening, you know, tell me what you think. Hit me up. Um, you can go to whitehodgepodcast.com. Uh, look up Go and Learn today. Uh, reach out to a brother and let me know what you think. But hopefully, this has added a little bit to your own understanding of both hip hop theology uh, and, you know, kind of my own thought process on this as well. Thanks so much for listening. Peace y'all.